0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Che has to say. I am your host, Chaylin Grant, and I'm here to help you get over yourself and help you lead an overall happier, healthier lifestyle. Go ahead and follow me on social media at Chaylen Grant, C H E Y L Y N Grant, and at Che has to say on Instagram, C H E Y has to say. I promised you guys some stories today about how I have manifested both positive and negative things into my life, so I shall grant your wishes, and let's get the hell into this episode. So this week has been kind of crazy, but in my eyes, in a good way. To some people, this would be terrible, but I don't know. I'm not too mad about it. I've seen so many things play themselves out the way that I wanted to, that's why I'm not mad. Earlier this week, my little sister told her track coach that she didn't have any transportation for the week and that she was sorry. Guess what happened? Uh, I got into a car accident and my car is undrivable. So now there's really no transportation. I was coming home from work, uh, actually 7-Eleven because I was really craving gummy bears. So I went to 7-Eleven, Got my gummy bears. I was on my way home and I was actually a little bit less than a mile away from my house. It's minding my business. And as I was going through the roundabout, I see a car out of my peripheral vision. And it's funny because I usually go through the roundabout and I can see people's cars throughout the side of my eye. And usually when I see these cars, I can tell that they're about to slow down. But this time He made my way into my peripheral vision so fast. It was like a two-second viewing. I had no time to react to the idea that this bitch was about to hit me. And what do you know? I got hit. And the funniest part is how I screamed. I wasn't even like, ah! I went, ah! Uh, right now, I can't even drive my car. And right before this actually happened, I was talking to some of my coworkers about getting some small tattoos the next day. I was just like, you know what? Why not? I've been itching for one as of late. But since my car got hit, I was saved some money too because that itch was finally scratched when my tattoo artist, after not seeing my message from a month ago, finally answered me about this big piece I've been trying to get. So overall, I feel like these instances were manifestations of me just, I don't know, being patient or these situations settling my impatience. This weekend was kind of weird, I guess you could say. I wish I could get an actual answer of, oh, how are you guys doing from you all, you know? I mean, I hope you all are doing well, are upbeat, and in a positive mood. If you aren't, we will get there last episode i touched on the idea of realizing that we propel our problems even further than they need to be or we propel our success oftentimes we just don't have the momentum because of reservations with motivation options resources etc promised you i would touch on how to overcome these reservations and today i'm going to introduce you all to something you might already be aware of might already use You may not even have heard of it the law of attraction the law of attraction is not fake say it one more time rewind okay the law of attraction is not fake something that we take part in every day it's a constant in our lives think of the law of gravity everything has a gravitational pull The law of attraction is kind of a derivative of the laws of science the law of gravity inertia, and energy. We are constantly in motion, even when we're dead. When the soul leaves the body, those cells sorry those cells still move. However, they move at a much slower pace than a body with the soul in it. Now, why is that? We have our own vibrations that come from our mind. You guys ever hung out with someone, and it feels like you both have known each other for years. You guys hit it off. It feels like time stops that is because you both exist within the same vibrational frequency and there's infinite levels to this it isn't just high low and medium when you get along with someone in this manner you both are literally vibing together however if not then you exist on different vibrations think of yourself like a radio all of the music that plays throughout radio stations can be heard, but some radio stations are more staticy than others because of their location and reception, which affects the vibrations that you're hearing them at. You are still on a similar vibrational level, but it's just not the same. Because if it were, the sound would be nearly perfect. But the thing is, most people aren't aware of their vibrations. Your vibration has to do with the way you think, which is a product of your environment. If I can find the name of this scientist real quick, then I will put it in or I will put it in the description. I think putting it in the description is probably my best option. But there's this diagram that I'm going to explain. When you're born, you all have a genetic predisposition. Okay, We all have it. Then we also have our subconscious, which makes up a really big part of how you think. Genetic predisposition is part of your subconscious, but it doesn't make the largest part. You can figure out how that gets triggered later on. However, you retain information from your environment as a baby, and those things become embedded into your subconscious through your conscious mind as you're processing information. Your conscious mind can control thoughts and the information within it. However, at such a young age, you know, from our childhood, the information that your conscious mind processes becomes embedded into how you think as a default, your subconscious, without any explanation. As an example, if you grew up hearing, you know, you're worthless, you're lazy, you're not smart. Eventually, you're going to think these things without having to hear the information or the reasoning from your conscious mind. It's just something that you already think about yourself. On the other hand, if you constantly hear, you're beautiful, you're so smart, you're amazing, your subconscious is going to make you believe that those are things that are true without even Having to hear those words. It's the pathway that your brain takes into viewing yourself. Now, your subconscious has a paradigm within itself that has been altered or constructed by your environment. Paradigm is an idea. You can change the thoughts of your subconscious mind by readjusting and altering your conscious mind. And this can change the vibrational frequency of your subconscious mind. Removing those reservations between you and the things that you want. Think about it like this. We can tell the difference between someone who is insecure trying to be confident versus someone who is actually confident. Someone who is subconsciously insecure and tries to be consciously confident will slip up with certain behaviors without even realizing it. Makes it a dead giveaway. They might possibly have a habit of talking poorly about others. You can catch them eyeing someone out of envy or even using self deprecation that is unironic, meaning they're on the low, kind of serious about what they're saying. It's not a joke. Someone who is subconsciously and consciously confident might not execute these behaviors as much to the point where it's a habit. So now that we know this, what are we going to do with this information? We must start by altering the conscious mind in order to attract positive interactions with our outside stimulus. We start telling ourselves that we are capable of the things we would like to accomplish. We start telling ourselves that we are the things we aspire to be because eventually after you start reinforcing this idea over And over and over again, eventually you will believe it because your subconscious is altered. Do y'all think I just woke up today and wanted to write this script automatically as if it's my default? Did I graduate two years early from college because it is my default to have that motivation? No. Like, yeah, I'm smart and that helps a lot, I guess. But no, this began with my fantasy of skipping two grades when I was in the fourth grade. When I was in the fourth grade, I wanted to skip sixth grade because I have always hated institutional learning. I despise every aspect of school. The only part of school I have ever liked is when my professors or teachers have allowed for learning through Socratic seminar or discussion. So in the fourth grade, I remember I decided to read some books in my house on the truth about American history and science. And I did this because I knew that these were very foundational topics that children of my age didn't have an understanding of. I remember I told some of my friends who were in middle school that I was going to skip to sixth grade. I remember my childhood best friend, he was like, you don't want to go to sixth grade. There's weed and rats. And I didn't know what weed was, but I really didn't care. I was like, I don't care if they have weed and rats. I want to skip two two grades because I want to finish school early. And because of the drive and motivation I had in my subconscious from an early age, I was told that I could do anything if I just made it possible. So, Fast forward to me being in 10th grade, I applied to become part of the third cohort in my town's program that allowed students to get their associate's degree during their junior and senior year, which was separate from dual enrollment. And I got in. I began taking 15 to 18 college credits per semester through college classes, like I was going to college. And then I was also taking two to four high school classes at my high school. Per semester. A little bit later, we are now in 2020, and I did it. I completed that goal I had in mind. And it took me 10 years, but I accomplished something that people thought was insane. People will tell me, You're so smart. That's crazy. You must be a genius. I'm like, No, it doesn't take a genius to do this. I skipped two years ahead of the average benchmark of finishing college at 22 years old. All it took was my motivation. This also alludes to the idea of time affecting your goals. Like I said last time, time is just a measuring tool. Most people give up on themselves because, oh, this takes too long, and they typically don't have a plan to set themselves up for longevity. With the idea in mind that they're not going to last long, or that their business isn't gonna last long. And I bring up business because I was doing some research. In the UK, 60% of startup businesses fail within their first three years. 20% of them fail in their first year. With a simple Google search, five out of the six reasons are because of types of planning and analysis that ensure longevity. People who want their plan to be as effective as possible are going to find their target market, finding out who their consumers are. They often have a business plan or a financial plan, both of those things which are extremely important. Why do you think businesses create a five-year plan? You can't predict human behavior, but what you can do is Make that prediction work and come as close as you can to that prediction by changing the factors that are going to attract people into wanting what you have. This goes for the same thing in your own life. How are you going to complete your goals without analyzing the information as to the limitations and reservations from getting you there? We need to do the work to set ourselves up for a long. Lasting trajectory and analyzing our information. I'll give you a great example of myself, an example of me actually going through the process, something that my audience might not assume about me. I don't know, but most people have never guessed that I have never been in a relationship. I did grow up black in a predominantly white community, and that is also where I went to college at a predominantly white institution. In these settings, I am not the standard of attractiveness. The standard is completely opposite to what I am. And this was something that I was aware of as young as five years old. By taking in this information, let's start with the racist bullying. I always believed I was ugly. In one instance, a kid from my school, he said this to me senior year. He said, black women are so ugly, I would never date one let alone call one pretty. Especially dark-skinned women. You are so ugly, I would not touch you if you were the last woman on earth. And things like this were a casual occurrence. You know, I'm sure if you're Black, you've probably heard of African booty scratcher, whatever that is. First time I heard that, I was like five. I remember someone telling me, oh, I can't be your friend. My mom said that Black people were bad. Yeah, like... Through interpreting this information, my conscious mind begetting, <laughs> begetting, began to put into my subconscious that I was ugly. And I started to take part in this paradigm and I became the thing that I believed I was. I thought I was ugly. And a lot of the time when people believe that they are ugly, they have a low sense of self-worth. What is the point? And part of that would of What is the point? Also manifests itself sometimes in poor self-care. By the end of high school, I gained like 40 pounds. I covered myself up and I thought I deserved it. You know, slowly, I began transforming my body for my health. By the end of the year, I was 20 pounds lighter, but I still saw myself as ugly but it wasn't because I was looking at myself and seeing that. But I was also, in addition, observing my peers in comparison to what I did or did not have. I did not have male attention. I did not have compliments. I did not have romantic or sexual relations. I assumed that external validation was a reflection of the truth, when in reality, These occurrences were a product of two things, my lack of confidence and my environment's perception of me. I explained in my last podcast that confidence is easy to pick up on and it is a very attractive trait. That is what my subconscious made me believe. I thought I was ugly and I would fake confidence a lot, but I was actually insecure. People who are insecure Are going to be less apt to approach people in chances of romantic connection due to the fact that they automatically assume everyone will think they're ugly. So that's one limitation of my subconscious that was affecting my conscious behavior and making an effort to reach out to men. Another part of it was my environment's perception of me versus my environment's perception of my friends. People in my location, after having exposure to, one type of beauty standard, over time, subconsciously, they only found that beauty standard attractive, which is an attribute of how they see people who fall outside of that. Their perception of me has nothing to do with me or how I actually look in my eyes. I wasn't understanding that they have been conditioned to see me a certain way, And that shouldn't have had as much of an implication on me as it did in the past. I'm sure if you're a minority who grew up in predominantly white communities or communities where a specific beauty standard is valued and you fall outside of that, I'm sure you've probably experienced the same thing. In the past, I would also assume guys thought I was ugly because I know how many of them have been conditioned. And I also conditioned myself into believing I would not have the chance because they must believe I'm ugly. I'm not going to try. Slowly, I began breaking out of this and something I started doing was going for guys I believe to be absolutely beautiful. Now, I know looks don't matter. A personality is ultimately what makes someone attractive in wholeness. However, I am someone who values physical attraction. And I can tell you right now, I have talked with what I believe to be guys who are some of the most universally attractive people and in what society would deem what society would deem to be successful men because I didn't saw myself short I have no idea how they've been conditioned I have no clue what their type is because of how they've been conditioned I could very well fall into that and if I don't oh well in some people that conditioning didn't have a strong enough effect to affect their subconscious mind because they already knew what they liked. Slowly after this pandemic, well, actually, slowly after this, during the pandemic, when I worked at a sports bar, I finally understood that I didn't care about other people's perception of me. Now, I assume I'm going to reference this sports bar in the future, but I need to give it a really good fake name. Trying to think, you know what? We're just gonna call it blue green, blue green. While working at blue green, I on a daily basis would get called pretty about five to twenty times during a shift. At first, I loved it because it confirmed that my alignment of how I saw myself was in tune with how others saw me. But there was this one night, I was in this yellow dress and I was talking to a guy that I was somewhat seeing at the time. And I was having a conversation. I kept getting interrupted by people for them to tell me that I was pretty, that I was stunning, that I looked good. And at first I was very appreciative. Then it got real old real fast. We got to a bar that was across the street and I attempted to chat it up again. And there were significantly more people at this bar, so I'm receiving significantly more compliments, and I was so fucking done. Tell the guy that I'm with, I am so over being called pretty. I just want someone to call me ugly. And he tells me, it must be so hard being pretty. I can't even imagine. And I realized in that moment that there is so much more to me than my appearance. And I had to explain to him that being objectified sometimes is nice, you kind of boost your ego a little bit, just a little healthy amount. But then it turns into that is that all people care to see me for is my looks. I have a personality. I have passions. I have thinks. I am more than my attractiveness or my looks. I just wanted to be able to interact with someone where that didn't matter, where I could express myself. My body nor my face is an expression of who I am as a person. It is simply just a vessel. The things I make it do Is what matters. After this situation, I really began to analyze my dating life and I decided to remain single. The dating culture currently is just really disposable. I don't see anything wrong with casual dating, but me personally, I don't want to endure just being a disposable item. I am so much more than my sexuality, too, and I would like to be valued. For those things. I said in my last episode that I used to constantly want attention, but now I am secure enough and admire myself to where attention from someone else doesn't matter. And also doesn't matter because I just can't give that to them right now. I don't want to be involved with someone, number one, just for the sex because it seems pointless to me to spend so little time after putting in so much energy for that time. No. At the same time, relationship-wise, I really do believe a lot of people my age have a lot to learn about their subconscious and conscious mind. I'm not saying I know it all or that I'm smarter than everyone else. However, my growth has been propelled a lot because of my environment. Most 20-year-olds are very insecure, and I don't want to take part in an interaction with someone who is insecure. And will portray their behavior negatively, and then I'll have to deal with it. People who are insecure will fall short in learning about themselves, learning about other people, self respect, and also respect for others because they assume the other party will already not respect them. So they need to act first in disrespect. I don't have time to put up with this. So, simply put, this is why I am happily. Single and still confident. I also admittedly find it difficult to pay attention to others. At this age, people are subconsciously insecure or lonely. Therefore, attention is important. I don't have the time to cater to your desire of attention. For me, all I need is a FaceTime call once a week to see you like twice a week. A good morning, good night. How are you? Do you want to come over or go out later? If I value someone at some point, I will gladly make the quality time for them. But at this point, my potential options are kind of limited and I am very okay with waiting and not wasting my time on someone who doesn't value it. What makes me happy currently is helping others indirectly. I could never be a psychologist. The one-on-one interaction is too emotional for me. Now imagine doing that emotional toll and interaction multiple times in a day. I'm an empath. I cannot do that. Most psychologists are kind of supposed to care about you, and even if it is an act, I will get caught up in that act. I'll cry after every session. No, no, no. Nor could I be a congressman, because you have to appeal directly to your constituents, and that's how they get in office, and I simply know that I cannot make that big of a group of people happy. However, what I can do is educate you, and you can do whatever the hell you want with what I'm saying. But I'm only telling you what to do if you are being chosen to be told what to do. So, on the next episode, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Maybe you guys can leave some suggestions. Maybe I'll do some research and just throw an oddball at you guys. But if you are here now, thank you so much for staying until the end of the podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chaylen Grant, and have a good one, everyone.